You're about to listen to the words and teachings of Pastor Shola Oshimakide of the household of David. Be blessed. Last three weeks or there, I was talking about temptation, right? And I said last week that I would like to take questions that I won't speak for more than 20 minutes today. I think I said that last week, right? So I want to keep to my words. Um, so if you have a question, you can write it down. I said last week because when I was praying for service, with the Lord told me that the last uh, edition of the last uh, um, series, the last um, time that I'll be talking about this, I should, in the last part, I should let people ask questions who have questions to ask. So I must just have barrels and papers with them. If you want to write and you don't want them to know that it's wrong writing, you can write. But if you don't care whether they know or not, you can raise your hand. I will ask them to give you a mic and you can ask your question. Many times we do a teaching. I've talked at length about temptation, about pressure. If you haven't been around all these Sundays, get all these messages and listen to them. They will help you. Amen. They say we have to come, we have to understand that the mentality some Christians have in them is not exactly the mentality of the Word of God. Some Christians, the mentality they have in them is the mentality of the world around them. And I also want to say that um, if you have to work with Christ, at times you have to let go of some relationships. If they are not helping you to grow spiritually, maybe I might talk a little bit about this second service. The Bible says that Solomon, I think that's 2 Kings chapter 11, Solomon, 1 Kings 11, sorry, Solomon married too many strange women, and the Bible says they turned their heart away from God. He was a man that had unusual encounters with God two times. God appeared to him in a vision two times. But at the end of his life, he walked away from God. Having become the most wise, the wisest person, and becoming the most foolish of all. Amen. Because he deviated from God's original plan, because he married from where God said they should not marry from. When he was doing it, he did not know. You know, I, I said last week that people don't cry for, and so many people saw me after service last week. That's why I'm saying that if you were not around last week, get, I am, see, because I pray for everybody, and I say, Pastor, I have understanding of the fact that there are many people who come here, they still do dirty things out there after service. So many people. And the reason, check many of them, they are very close to people who don't work with God. So it rubs up on them. The mentality inside some people is that of what their friends think about God and what they've told them about it, about Him. Anyway, but that's my focus. That's why we decided to talk about what we talk about, that many people might be helped. Many times, preachers want to say something new every Sunday. I can preach another 16 sermons today. I have too many, too many. But you see, at times I feel like coming back because repetition helps you to master some things. So I don't want to quickly go over some of the things. We don't, we've talked about David, how he got tempted. I've talked about Saul being under pressure. And people are still under... So many people have been talking to me the past how many weeks. Pressure at work of making money. And I explained to them, you are going to see guys who are cutting corners making money. And if you are not well rooted, you start... If you know how many Christians are cutting corners like other people who are falling for temptation... The first one they did, their conscience put them. Some have even bypassed their conscience now. They go on. And the wind won't stop. You see, when Jesus said to Peter, come. As he was coming, the Bible said, looked at the wind. He began to sink. When he started sinking, Jesus still said nothing. But the Bible said, Peter cried out. Then the Lord pulled him. Anyone who cries to the Lord, he will always pull you. But what many people do is that they don't cry. They just cover the top. Somebody is beginning to get close to a lady. She's not your wife. They are night. The thing is beginning to affect you, but you don't want to talk to anybody that will help you. I can handle it. It's not too bad until it is too late. So Peter cried. Hallelujah. Amen. One guy spoke to me one time. You know, he didn't know... <laughs> He just gave her a gentle peck. And was a married man. So another day, and immediately said to her, no, 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 no. And because we just had a brief conversation, the thing just ended there. But someone else, it would have continued, and it would have continued, and it would have continued. You have to understand the strategy of it. Everything starts like, and by the time you realize it, once you are set on a motion to a particular level, you can't go back until you are falling. 
At times you are in motion, they walk like somebody running 100 meters. When people run 100 meters, nobody stops at the finishing line. This is when people begin to hug, pair, kiss, and do all those things and overdo in relationship, they will cross the line. It's not because they are bad people. They do not understand. That's your, the way your emotion. You will see, you, you are giving yourself, okay, we know the Bible says about self, we won't do self, but if we start doing some other things, you will not know where you cross. When people run 100 meters, as they get to finish the line, check, everybody crosses the line. Is that right? Nobody stops on the line. Everybody crosses. Because they've been running. And because of what they call, what was that? Momentum. So they can't stop like that. Even when you apply brake on your car, it does not stop on that spot. And brakes are in categories. The brake of Mazda 1996 is different from the brake of G-Wagon 2016. But as powerful as all the brakes are, none will stop on the spot. At least they move a little. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, the Bible says, so Peter just saw it and Peter just cried. He said, Lord, save me. When I was having, a lady spoke to me. When I was having a Kaduna then and she was already, I mean, she had fallen for the married man and she was about to start a relationship. But God just led me to her at the right time. When people cry, they don't sink. Peter didn't feel embarrassed to say, Lord Jesus, help me. I am sinking. That is why you have brethren around you. It was not very convenient for me to meet with people last week, but I chose to. Remember, we had four service seconds, and then we had a three-hour meeting in the evening. But in between, I still made sure I met with people. Because I felt I should do that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Don't sink quietly. Sometimes the power in temptation is removed the moment you start communicating and you start talking to people. When your heart is growing cold, look for somebody to join you in praying. It is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. Hallelujah. Are you, are you with me? But I want to say something briefly to this one while I'm waiting for the question. You know, let's read what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27. The Bible says, Give no place to the devil. Give no place to the devil. Ephesians 4, 27. I want to read, as we bring this thing to a close today. The devil needs a space to operate. That was what Jesus saw. And he said, if your eyes are causing you to sin, pluck it out. Have you read that scripture before? And he said, if your hand is causing you to sin, chop it off. Jesus is not saying you bring knife. <laughs> Our Lord is not <laughs> a killer. He's not saying that bring life and remove your eyes. No. He's saying that whatever connection, whatever leads you to... Listen. When this message is over, if you listen, we can, some of you will need to stop going to some places. Until you are completely healed. And you see, you don't know you are healed... Uh, until you are hit on the same spot and there's no pain. There are some wounds that they get, they look healed outside. It has happened to many of you before. On the, somebody punches you on the same spot. Then you realize that though the wound is covered, but then... Am I, am I right, Dr. Bumi? <coughs> Praise the Lord. And Dr. Bailey. <laughs> Sometimes. But even in our day-to-day experience, you would have realized that. There is an opening on your body. Then later it heals up, it covers up. But then if you, somebody hits you there, you still feel the pain. Because inside, it is not yet completely healed. The Bible says, give no place. Neither give place. This is an instruction. And it's a very powerful instruction. Give no place for the devil. That means, for the devil to operate, he needs space. And it's in the hands of a Christian to give that space to him or not to give it to him. Give no space. No matter how much you love... I don't know, somebody have brought... <laughs> No matter how much you love the person and your heart is beginning to feel somewhat towards the person, if you don't leave Nigeria, nothing is going to happen. Except frustration. There's also a person on TV is very beautiful, but she's in America. While there is no place for you to meet. So all your whatever lust, whatever, everything dies inside. 
Because there is no space. That's why we say that give no place. Many times people look at the temptation. At times you look at the space, the place that is allowing the thing to happen. If you stop visiting some people, somebody struggling with alcohol, but you keep going to certain places where it is offered to you, then as say once you miss this first point, give once you give a place, you are going to fall. It is easier to say, "I am not going to a house," than to get to the house and control what you will do there. Are you with me? Amen. One lady spoke to me about herself and her boyfriend. She would go to the house and they was and I said, "Stay away from him." I said, "That's very simple." Said, well, Pastor, I prayed about it, but, any, but I just found out myself. Anytime we are together, well, I say because you are alone together. It must be in his house or in a quiet place. The two of you can't be having sex on the road. So this, so but that's what I say. Give no place. Now the second part of it is Romans thirteen fourteen. Let's read. The Bible says, so <laughs> it's close to this one. Give no place to the flesh. Romans, give me Romans. We'll come back to this question. Romans 13, 14. The Bible says, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust. For the lust of the flesh to be fulfilled, a provision must be made. And the Bible says, Cut up that provision. Whatever fuel sits, Whatever conversation fuels it, whatever visit, whatever relationship, whatever outing fits it, the Bible says, cut it. Hallelujah. If you are serious about stopping it, a Christian is not under the condemnation of God for doing something wrong, but you are living against God's principle. And if you are serious about stopping it, you are to follow this thing. Give no occasion for the flesh to fulfill the lust. Once occasion is given, your will. That's what the Bible says. Hallelujah. If you get close to an opposite says that you are not married, try you discover that every time you come close, you almost want to do something unthinkable, something dirty. The first thing you should do is to stop coming close. Hallelujah. So your prayer shouldn't be about Lord help me when I'm there. Your prayer should be about, Lord help me not to even go there. Are, are you with me? Praise the Lord. These are important steps. Otherwise, the devil will take advantage of you. That's what the Bible says. Paul said we are not ignorant of his device. He said let the devil take advantage of us. It gives an impression of somebody who is an opportunist. That once that advantage is provided, he will capitalize on it. Amen. Hallelujah. Is somebody with me? This is very important. As we close this session, so give me that question again. Let's let's read. Let's start. If you have others fall into the back, can a Christian forgive and forget? How can a Christian be sure that she has truly forgive and let go? You can forgive, but you can't forget. <laughs> if, if someone steals your car, you see him another day, you will remember now. <laughs> That's natural. Uh, I, I have not seen, the only one that is capable of forgetting is God. Who said in Isaiah that your sins are forgotten? There is nothing in the New Testament that says a Christian should forget. We are told to forgive, but forget, forgetting part, you still have your memory now, how can you forget? Amen. You mean you want to marry a lady, you go to, her, to visit her family for the first time, they walk you out. You will forgive them, but you can't forget. Remembering does not mean you are still holding it against them. It's because you still have memory. That's all. Your hard disk is working well. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, I don't know. So you can't you can forget. If you can still remember what happened in your primary school, how can you forget what someone... You can't forget. There is nothing... There are many things you can remember, all of us here. What the Lord tells us is to forget, forgive somebody. But to forget it, no. And remember it does not mean you are still angry with the person. But you will remember the incident. Is that right? Praise the Lord. So, so that is it. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
can a Christian for a Christian can Christian is supposed to no matter what somebody has done, you just have to forgive the person. But you always remember. That's what I'm saying. Praise the Lord. How will you know that you are forgiving somebody when you are forgiving the person? There is no external sign. It's not that when you forgive somebody, you become yellower or darker. There is no external sign. It's just that you don't feel a feeling of hatred towards the person anymore. That's all. Sometimes forgiveness will need people to really pray that God should heal you from within. So that you don't, because you can say with your mother forgiving you, but inside you the heart is still there. Once the heart is still there, once the wound is still there, you have not exactly forgiven the person. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What do I get? Why, why do I get into trouble whenever I stand for the truth? Why do people get misunderstood and mostly rejected whenever they overcome temptations? I don't understand the latter part. Why do people get misunderstood and mostly rejected whenever they overcome temptation? Well, uh, maybe you are with somebody who does not share your values. So the person can get angry. So I, I want to assume that the person is saying maybe like somebody wants you to share an illegal money or somebody wants to have sex and then you say no. Yes, so people hate that kind of thing. They get angry. They say you are over-righteous and everything. Well, you don't need those people anyway. It's normal. The whole world operates under the kind of system that allows compromises here and there. And when you say no, you are likely to be hated. Yeah, I, I've seen people, I mean, um, uh, just yabbing somebody, a woman, for saying that uh, she didn't have sex with her husband until they got married. And all those things. The, the world is upside down. And But we don't care. We are God's people and... Amen. So sometimes when you stand for the truth, you get into trouble. Yes, people don't like the truth. And that is so they get angry, they complain, they say things. Sometimes they say they want to, you know, I remember that when I was uh, uh, working, when I was having NMPC in Kaduna, I remember then that, you know, the northerners are very, people in the north are very religious. When they do fasting in Kaduna, both Muslim, Muslim fasting and Christian fasting, those of us working in NMPC then, you will be giving, because they used to give us lunch every afternoon lunch, you know. When I first got there, it was like about three or four chickens. Then it became two. Then it became one. Then it became beef. <laughs> I'm telling you. So, you know, every afternoon. So, so because so during fast, they expected that people should not eat. So they would give you money. After the 40 days length, or after the Muslim salaf or whatever, they would, they would give you money. They assumed that you did not go to canteen for all the days. So they will give you so much money and uh, 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 materials and food, uh, food stuff and all those things. That's, that's the way it, it is in NM. So I don't know that, but when I was there, so when they were doing Lent, during Easter, close to Easter, I mean, I was not a Catholic, so I was not fasting. I don't believe the fact that you announced the old world. So, you know, <laughs> um, that's not to say anything is wrong with me. I'm just saying that I, I don't think that. So I just, so I wasn't fast. So I was doing for my food every day. I said the days I was fasting personally. So somehow, the lady that was working in uh, the office, the welfare office, she came to ask me that, are you fasting? I said, no, I'm not fasting. So she said, so when I, even though I told her, she still went ahead and put my name among the people fasting who should receive money and the package. And when the whole thing ended, they were paying in a particular office and I was called to come and receive the money. And I walked up to the account and I said, no, I don't deserve this money. You are giving it to those who fasted. I did not fast. The woman was... The interest is... The accountant has said was disappointed. That I said that. She was trying to tell me that... Hey, they've, but they've written your name now. Nobody is. And I told her one thing. I value my integrity more than anything. You are saying nobody is looking. I trust the devil that I know. Somebody will get to know. And you will lose your mouth forever. So I returned the money. By the following morning, it was my HOD or so that called me and said that I heard this who told them. And all other coppers. It was then a lady woke up to me and said that now I know you are a Christian. That they told me what happened yesterday. Now I didn't tell anybody. Who told them? Let me tell you one thing. There is nothing like secret sin. It's just a matter of time. We just have some that will manifest before some other. There is nothing. There is nothing like secret sin. If, for instance, let's say a pastor now begins to cut corners and to do some wrong stuff in the church, and he feels nobody, it's just a matter of time. Whether an illicit relationship or something about money, it's just a matter of time. That's why I usually tell people that stop, don't join those who say things against church. God is able to take it. Any church, any pastor, 
that is beginning to misbehave cannot last. The law will see to it that his influence will be cut off. So, all these speculations and people talking, in particular, I found a lot of people don't like each other, forget about it. Those people operate high level of integrity. You might find it hard to believe, but that's the truth. The Lord Jesus Christ himself will not give you some space. We know it is Lord, promotion does not come from the east. And if he gives you that space and you begin to misuse it, you are coming down. In this Lagos, we have seen churches that were ahead of redeem. They are still there. They can't count 50 people today. I know history. And I'm telling you that I've watched some men on TV and I went to the church or something. They were not up to 18. Whereas before all these people that I saw on TV were there, these guys were there then. Number one, God will do it. Number two, people will know after a while and then they will leave you. So there's no secret thing. So when people do wrong stuff and they, and they don't repent, it's just for a while. After a while, everything will come to the open. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The same devil that will lie to people that nobody's watching is the one that will expose you. <laughs> Somebody is going to see it. I remember one guy in UK or so that was, one pastor in UK that was, um, I don't know what exactly happened, but then he had molested a young boy. So he was a kind of gay. And that happened like seven years before. It was seven years after the, that the whole thing blew, that blew up and that was it. In fact, he went to jail for it. So sometimes when people think that the only way to cover something, he just will repent of it and confess. That's the way to cover it. That time the spirit of grace rests on you and it is covered. Forever. So those who, who talk about, those who acknowledge the mistakes they have made, they are not fools. They are only re- removing the power that that thing has over them. And that's the truth. Are you with me? Yes, Praise the Lord. Okay. If the system of this world is made to work against saints, referring to your teaching last two Sundays, what is the way out of this? As a believer, if almost all things you ask from God is always answered, if almost all things you ask from God is always answered, is the system also waiting to be against a believer at any point? The first answer, the first one, what is the way out of this? The way out is to operate the kingdom principle. There is the Bible way. The Bible way will give you prosperity. The Bible way will give you answers. That's the truth. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If I have an opportunity to cheat and call on, and the Bible says that they that wait upon the Lord, if I obey the word, if I practice the word and I wait upon God, the Bible teaches diligence, the Bible teaches that we should be hardworking, we should be honest, we should be... If we follow those words, we will prosper even more than guys who are doing it the other way. And there are too many examples in the Bible. From Mordecai to Joseph to Daniel to Abraham, all of them stood out because they held on to God. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Those who doubted God in the wilderness perished in no, no time. Joshua and Caleb, even at age 80, Caleb was still saying that I'm as strong as I was 40 years ago. That means as fast as he was when he was 40, he was still like that when he was 80. And the Bible said because he believed God. So at 80 was he asking uh, Joshua to give him mountain. As at that time, only the two of them remained. All other spies had died. Those who follow God, there is something about them. There will be a temptation for a while. Once you endure and you pass, you'll get into a, the other side. In fact, those temptations, they come when something great is about to happen in your life. That's it. Amen. So, I don't understand the second one. Is the system also waiting to be against a believer at any point? We can always pray and receive answers to our prayer. We are just saying that there is a system and it's not designed for us. That's what we are saying. Let's move on. Hallelujah. Is somebody with me? Amen. If you have a question you don't want to write, you can raise your hand. We can talk about that. Greater is it that is in us than the one that is in the world. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Greater is it that is in. I remember that the story of one woman, you know, one man. He used to do early morning cry somewhere in, or, uh, in VIS. When God tells you to do something, at times when God tells you to start, He watches you. Sometimes, remember, we are followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. You can't rush God. Every morning, this man will stand outside there and be preaching. He looked like he was talking to empty people. And one day he was talking about cheating and people should stop it. And a woman was passing by. A driver was driving her. And she only heard that part with the guy shouting megaphone. 
I know she was she owned she was daughter of one massive company. I'm sure if I get it, all of you will know the name EVI. And she stopped by and said, and then she noticed that the guy was speaking Queen's English. And that the guy was hammering on integrity. I swear like they've almost stolen all my money, my staff. Can you come and address my staff? That I will call for money devotion. That I don't do that. I don't bring prophecy, but I'm going to do it this time. And, and I want to talk to staff about what, when people steal from people you are working on, that what happens to you? And the man said, no problem. He gave a fantastic message that they, and some of the staff repented. Because they were already stealing the woman's money. And I think they said the woman gave him 25 million era. One move by God. Remember that part time, what is a challenge to you is bread for somebody else. Because life is in categories and men are in sizes. Hope you know. The money somebody is praying for is the money somebody is throwing away. It's inside some people's wardrobe and they don't know it's there. You understand? Somebody said I forgot 20 million or so inside wardrobe for like six weeks. What they said so, people in their their eyes pop up food. So people will not forget 1,000. If a person will forget 20 million, you can imagine how much the person has. That for days he won't remember that he put 20 million somewhere and he wasn't bothered. If I saw when they were cleaning his room that they found in one of the wardrobe, one of the bags, that will also tell you how many wardrobes must have been in the room. That there was one cartoon containing money somewhere that he just later they remember. And it's not, an, not something legal, no, he was a businessman. He just, at times people pay, the, I mean, he just had that kind of money and never really. So many foreign currencies and things. It is not everybody that is rich that is cheating. That is another lie that the devil tells people. When they see, say, all those, all those people, when you see a big count all of them, it is not true. When you accept that mentality, you are walking into hopelessness. Then people start saying, that in, in Nigeria, it's common as when they are drinking. Say, Nigeria today, nobody, nobody, nobody has clean money. It's a lie. There are soldiers, there are lawyers, there are people who have clean money. There are individuals who are clean money. That's the truth. People say that when they're about to do something wrong. So that it can be, the conscience will be like, all of us. <laughs> There's nothing like all of us. <laughs> you know, it sounds where you say, we all fail that exam. That's why people go to tell their parents that to say. Is it possible for anybody to fail an exam? Say they failed all of us. In fact, they will say we all fail. Say they failed all of us. When people pass, People usually get, I got 75. I got 19 in that course. They gave me 19. <laughs> they usually give the lower ones. But you get the higher ones. They give <laughs> Just one secondary school student talk. And that teacher, she just gave me 20 over 100 in that course. But then I got 85. You know, that one you attribute it to yourself. I got 85. They gave me 25. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is there another one? <laughs> No question again. <laughs> Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you. Is someone blessed today? I thought there would be more questions, so I didn't plan to speak for long. And if I start with what I plan to second side, to take more time. Last week I spoke almost into second service, and I don't want to do that again. But I'm still willing to take one or two. I still have like seven minutes more. Any question again? Okay. Let me give her the mic. There's someone listening at them. That is Jessica. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless your name. Yes, ma'am. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Um, how do you know you are truly vindicated from a situation when, um, let's say, maybe you've been having bad dreams about something, but then your word has come that it's not working, like it's not going to happen, but then you still keep having the dreams consistently? So how do you know you are truly vindicated? Um, if you have received the word, it depends on the source of the word. If you truly believe the word you have received, hold on to that word and don't look at the circumstances around. Circumstances don't change immediately at times. I said that when Jesus caused the fig tree, Jesus said it publicly that no man eats of thee again. It was the following morning that he saw that the tree had dried up. Spiritually, the tree dried when Jesus spoke, but he saw it, the effect of it the following day. So, um, we don't observe external circumstances when we receive the word from God. It won't change immediately. This is why some people find it very hard to meditate, to uh, uh, trust the word of God when they start. I've told you before that if you have not been saying anything, you don't speak the word of God. 
you don't declare the word of God over your life every day. Whatever is left alone, weeds will grow out of it when the land is... You understand? The only place weed will not be is where you have planted something. Even around what you have planted, there will be weed. So the only thing that grows by itself is weed. Because the earth is cursed, the thorn will always grow by itself. But the good seed must be planted. If you want your life to be full of good seed, you keep planting. Now this is the interesting thing, which I have explained before. I got this concept one time from Pastor Bojo and I went to do something about it myself. And I realized that it's, it, no, the thing is very true. That I don't know whether it's all sheep, but, they, but for most of the sheep, the, the very good ones, they have this what they call the autopilot system of the sheep, where you set the sheep in motion and it's going, let's say the sheep is going nuts on the, on the sea. That if they want to, if the captain wants to move the sheep from going north, turn the direction to south. When you turn the rudder, it does not look like the ship is turning immediately. The system of the ship will still recognize the fact that we are going north. So what they usually do, I don't understand, I don't know for, whether for our ship, but for that particular ship, what they usually do, when you turn the rudder from north to south, the body of the ship is still going north. Then they tie it, they hook it. They turn it from north to south. Then they hook it there. For a while, the ship is still going north. After a while, a signal is sent to the entire configuration of the ship that we are no more going north. We are supposed to start going south. So gradually, the ship will turn and start heading the opposite direction. That's why the Bible says that hold on to your confession. Hold on. Your life is already going one way. When you start speaking, it does not mean it will revert immediately. When you start, you hold on to that confession. After a while, your system will recognize that this is the direction your life wants to go. Is that, is that, are you with me? So, if the time you are making the declaration, externally it does not as if there is a change. So somebody might be having a bad deal, for instance, if you receive a word that, that, that has stopped, or you are speaking the word of God that I am not giving to bad dream, it does not mean that one or two or three will not still happen after that. But you see, a law has been set in motion. After a while, if you hold on to the word, the dreams will disappear. It will go. Alright? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Any other person? One more, if I close. I want to take one more, one more question. Your question can be in any area. There's a sister at the back. Give them Please, any area. So, are you raising your hand, brother? Did you raise your hand? Okay. But the lady, the last person at the back. Okay. Thank you. Hallelujah. Is somebody getting blessed this morning? Hope it doesn't look so mad that I'm asking questions Sunday morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Good morning. I will do something towards the end. The Lord showed me that the end of this message also is to speak a word that will end patterns in people's life. While I was praying, I saw some people are here. Your life is beginning to go. You are really concerned. Because your life is going the way of your parents. As a matter of fact, I think about 25% of the people here, from what I'm picking, must be fall into that category. You are beginning to see things showing up in your life that you heard your parents complain about when you were growing up. And from some people, it is money. Somehow, the poverty is you, no matter what you do. And that this has been like a transgenerational thing. You are born again, you are a man in Christ. It ought not to be. And this is your puzzle. Because you are concerned about the fact that you know you are born again, but these things are like, things are the same. They are, they are like that. For some people, it has to do with delayed marriage. And if, if I, maybe when we do love affairs in particular, if I'm led, I have to pray for people like that. Because I've already prayed for them on my news while praying. But I, that, that's, and some people just, it's, it's like, to get the right person, it takes them almost forever. So I see about the money, I see about relationship. And this has been a pattern. This has been a pattern. For that, that person about the, those families, about money, it has just been like that. No matter how educated any member of your family, nobody seems to have a, what you call bridge. Everybody is just at a level of managing and money. And now you are deeply concerned because you have left school. The person I'm talking about, you are a graduate, you've left school, and it's as if on top of all you study and everything you read, it's beginning to look like your journey is going that way also. Jesus is Lord. You are a new man in Christ. It ought not to be so. We reverse that order in the name of Jesus. Amen. It will not be part of you. 
in the name of Jesus. Whether health or any situation showing up in any life that you notice as a trait, as a trend, in the name that is above every name, we arrest that development. And we command it to depart from you. You are an exception because you are a new man in Christ. In the name of Jesus. Ask the question, ma'am. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, ma. Um, what do you do when you have a friend that has a very negative orientation about making money and you try to change that orientation and the person keeps telling you, I want fast money. And the decisions they make is not just right. Is the person born again? Far from it. In the unbelievable world, it's allowed. If the person is not born again, well, some people are not born again, but they see how their morals intact. But for a person that is not born again, if I was not born again, I would do all the negative things about money. I know money rules the world. Honestly, when I got born again, I had this notion that to go to hell, go very well. So that they salute you as you are coming. Even demons will see you and do like this. Ah, this one. <laughs> You understand? That even you yourself, you know you decide. You won't wait for God to finish job. Why you show before the truth? Before God says anything, you are already working towards him. <laughs> Say, Lord, don't bother. We know where we belong. <laughs> Honestly, I, I had that kind of mind before I got born again. I just felt, if you want to serve the devil, serve him well. And that to go to hell, I will merit that hell. You know, you do your best stuff very well. Honestly, I wasn't sure before the throne of God. I just said, Lord, don't pronounce the judgment. I already know the judgment. <laughs> this way. <laughs> Amen. So, for some, they are like that. For some other people, they are unbelievers. They are not Christian, but they are morally sound. Now, for your friend, if he's not born again, and that's the part he has chosen, I don't know what you can do, except to pray for them and to speak from time to time. Amen. Hallelujah. Only God can change the mindsets of people who have done that, maybe, you know. So, <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. When I was second, this one guy told me, he said, whatever will bring money, I will do. And he kept confessing this from SS1 to SS3. It was regular confession. He said, I've seen what poverty can do to people. He said, I have vowed, if I need to kidnap and behead somebody, he will be saying it in the class. Everybody will be hearing him. He said, whatever will bring money, I will do. And he's made up his mind. Now, I think he's a drug cartel in Lagos. Now, one of the guys, he started saying it from school. That this is what I would. By the time when SS3 was already a very terrible boy, leave school to go and do some wrong stuff outside. But from SS1, he started saying it that I cannot imagine myself without money. He said, When we leave school, I will cross to UK, and he did. He said, By all illegal means, I went to the UK. He said, That dollars will be said, We'll make it together. And he said, I will do anything to have the money. And it will always be unto you according to your faith. Only that the end of his faith can be prison. <laughs> Amen. Well, at least he has not gone to jail right now, but he's doing what he was doing. When he was, when he was in prison, he joined courtism and, I mean, he, he was a court guy. He just made up his life from the world code that that's his direction. So, hallelujah. Some I think God likes people like that. Because it's very easy for him to determine their case. <laughs> the ones who worship him very well. And when the service ends, they go and do something. They are the ones that angels find, have problem with. So where do you belong? They are givers. At the same time, they do. When they fast to fast, then when you get home, and then you drink spirits. You do many good things, then you do. So angels are like, oh boy, which one? But for the, this guy I described, those ones, the angels already know. They have understanding. Demons know where they be. Angels know, and there's no confusion at all. <laughs> Amen. All right. All right. Is there any, any other person? Okay. Give him the mic. If you have a question apart from him, can you raise your hand? Let me know if I can take any other person at that time before I close the line. No, so he's the last person. Yeah. Okay, sir. Thank you very much. Alcohol. Is the Bible against drinking alcohol or getting drunk? The Bible talks about getting drunk. The Bible is silent about drinking alcohol. Okay. So you cannot pick, you can't exactly say Christian is committing sin by drinking. But you can only say that the Bible forbids excess drinking. 
uh, religious Christians don't like that question at all. And they don't like my answer either. They want me to tell you that it is wrong to drink. There is no scripture that says it is wrong to drink. All I can say is that when you start, the possibility of controlling yourself is very hard. Now, I'm not saying, I know you are not asking for yourself. I don't believe you drink. So. <laughs> when people ask questions, so people look at them and see if they are no. So people just want clarity. Just want to be sure that, okay, is this, and it is good. The Bible says nothing. You cannot say a Christian has committed sin because they are in a bottle of Gouda. That will be saying what the Bible does not say. But does it mean it can lead to something wrong? It can lead to something wrong. Now, if it does not lead to, it also stays with his one bottle per day. <laughs> <laughs> is it wrong? There's no scripture that says it's wrong. Except to say that Bible says flee from all appearances of evil. It's a, I don't know. So, so that that's the way it is. All I know is that if a person says, Pastor, I'm a Christian, and once in a while I take one bottle, I am never drunk, I cannot say you are wrong. Even though I totally resent drinking. But I cannot say, because I am not the Bible and I am not God's standard. So I cannot say you are wrong. So the Bible is silent on that, but the Bible talks about excess drinking. So that's the way it is. Somebody has like the same thing, and the Bible says nothing about kisses. Fine, the Bible says kiss one another with holy kiss. So there's no scripture that says that kissing is wrong. The Bible only talks about sex before marriage being wrong. So if sex is wrong, if kissing, okay. It's just that it can lead to some other things. When you start kissing, you might just want to. Believe me, sadly, these answers I gave last now, people won't like it. They are going to call me a carnal pastor, a worldly pastor, only that they will not be able to show me from the Bible that I am wrong. Because I've dealt with this before. And some people went home and they appeared and they are pastors and they said, Ah, this is end time for real. All those people, a pastor said, The Bible is not saying anything against alcohol. Ah! <laughs> They believe I was working for the devil. <laughs> I will not say what the Bible does not say. So that's the truth. Amen. And Paul told Timothy to use a little wine for his stomach upsets. And some have said that that wine there is uh, ju- it's not juice, it's wine. <laughs> okay? They want Jesus converted water to, I don't know whether it was alcoholic or not, but it was not chivita. <laughs> Now that doesn't mean somebody walks out and says, hey, hey ah. so you branch a beer parlor. This is it. Also, you know, you know, why so I usually avoid something like that. I know the center of your heart. I know you. Some other guys, when they hear so they like guys who already wanted, when you want to do something bad, you wait for this kind of message. If you leave this place and go do something bad, it's not me. You're already bad. You understand? Like what I said about kissing now, somebody gets home, he drags the girlfriend, hey, hey, ah, one <laughs> lady kiss. He <laughs> means, you need deliverance. If you're that kind of person, you, you understand? I'm saying that some people love to take, so you, you, you want to take a message to, I won't be responsible for what you do. I'll balance it up to tell you that there's no scripture, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying go and do it. Alright? <laughs> Alright. Okay, ma. Why is it that when we want to close, that is, this happens every time I take question. It's when we're about closing, then number increase. So we have you and okay, last two, just Annie. Sorry, ma. Start, start with him because we are closer to the brother at the back. Raise his hand. That's standing. Then after him, the sister here. So good morning, church. Yes, sir. I'm very sorry I've been dragging with your question in my heart. Go ahead, just. Okay, um, my question is in, in fighting temptation. If anything, hap- if anything happens and you fell in the temptation and there's a temptation and you know that it's temptation and, but somehow you fell into it and does it, can it affect the mind of God? And you know that God said that this thing is God said that, uh, that this thing is for you. God has said this thing maybe okay like, like marriage okay that this is the person Yes, you've prayed over time and you sorted it out with God that this is the person. But over time, something happened and you fell into fornication or something happened. Can it affect the mind of God? Can it distort that relationship? That's a very powerful question. I expect more questions like this. No, it doesn't. Um, he has made provisions for our mistakes. Even though he doesn't want us to keep going around making mistakes. 
So when a Christian, for instance, a Christian brother is dating a lady and a relationship and they start having sex, that is not part of divine plan. That if they continue without stopping, they will mess up God's plan. It can affect the plan he has for them. But if they stop and they repent and they say, Lord, I'm sorry, God won't change his mind. But the two of them will have to stay away. They just need to get to a point where they say to themselves that this will not happen again. Even if it's just one way to their wedding, they realize they are trying to make it right. God is always looking for reasons to help and to bless. He doesn't look for reasons to stand against people. You understand? So if they are going out uh, together and things have happened, and they, 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 they realize they ask God that they ask God to forgive them, He forgives easily and cheaply. And He goes on. The plan they have for that marriage will still stand. It will. Amen. So that's not going to change the divine plan. Amen. The only thing that can change the vibe, even, even if they don't repent and they consider that way and they get married, it's just that they are created ground for some things to start happening. So people don't know the implication of this, that when you, two of you are attending a church, and you know that here they believe that sex before marriage is wrong, and it's asking you for it and you are doing it. Now for those who are married, before you got married, you were not coming and you were not really close to God, and that happened, you are forgiven. God would, it, the Bible said at the time of ignorance, God has overlooked so, yeah. but I'm talking to those who know before getting my own and then they are doing what will happen is just that you are creating grounds for the a lot of things to come with it that you will not like at the end of the day. So it can even affect how you really trust each other, which is a major thing. Yeah. So the guy begins to feel like if you are this committed to your church and you allow me to do this informality, are you sure that be how can he be sure that you are truly it brings a lot of a lot of things that we, we we don't want to get into. Praise the Lord! But it doesn't affect it doesn't affect God's plan. Once a person acknowledges that we are wrong and you turn to God, divine plan begins to replace it right from there. See, God's plan is like what you see in your car. Why you use uh, what is it GPS or what in the car? You understand? If you I don't use it here, but if you use it abroad, I believe the same thing here. It directs you on the path to take. If you miss the road, it keeps quiet for a while. And it will redirect itself from wherever you are back to still your destination. Is that right? Does it work like that here? Yeah? Yeah. So, that is the way God's plan is. When we deviate, the Spirit of God keeps quiet for a while. But then, from wherever you are, once you say, Lord, I'm sorry, He redirects a divine plan and it takes you back to where you are still going to. Our God is good, you know. Amen. Alright, let me take your question, man. Thank you, Pastor. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Ma. Um, funny thing is, the answer you just gave to the last question kind of aligns with what um, I should take as answer, but I still need a bit of clarification. Yes, ma'am. I was actually having a discussion with a friend of mine. Um, he is married, and we're just rubbing minds together on issues that affect everyday life. And he was, I mean, like he said, he said something to me like, "Okay, fine, that if he is interested in the lady and he is the same, agreed is the same. He's interested in the lady, and then um, they have um, intimacy, and she gets pregnant, and he marries her. Is it wrong?" And then he went and used Muslims as reference, as after all. They, uh, they were referred to in the Bible and um, they are allowed to marry four people, uh, four women. My answer to him was, okay, fine. I don't think our God is a God of conflict. You know you're marrying four women and that your reference for me is not okay. You've, re- re- you've um, created an atmosphere or a foundation for conflict and you think you're okay with it. I don't appreciate your reference. But as a Christian... Well, you're supposed to be Christ-like. From your uh, question, it seems like you're a bit confused about what should happen. But at the same time, I couldn't answer his question directly as in, fine, he's committed a sin. Like you said, God has made um, provisions for our mistakes. Now there's a consequence from that sin that he has done or committed. And he goes ahead to say he's going to marry the girl. I couldn't answer if it was okay or not. Because in his eyes, he's making it right by marrying the girl. Okay. Now he's going to have two wives. Has he done right? 
has he has started sinking and he's helping himself to sink more. <laughs> he's done enough um, leaving his wife to, to go and impregnate someone else. Now he wants to add another level to it by marrying the person. Marriage is between one man in the Bible and one woman. The Bible forbids or wait, uh, when people are married wives before becoming Christians. We can overlook that. Because I'm not even about to tell people who have done that to go and send away those women. But if they want to, fine. But I don't. What, if, what Apostle Paul emphasizes is the fact that they cannot be leaders in the house of God. But if, they, if that happened before they got born again, you marry them, you marry them. You can't deny the fact that you once married them. Now, people say restitution and they send away the rest. My question is that, what do they want those women to do? They both did it as unbelievers. They married that. You cannot tell them. When you tell them to go away, to where? Let's say the last wife, 27, so for the rest of her life she lives. And if you leave and you let her remarry again, you have just made her to commit higher sin. You understand what I'm saying? But for a person who is a believer, you are a Christian and you want to marry a second wife, the devil is at work. Big time working. <laughs> Amen. So, pregnancy is not the reason for marriage. I've seen even single ladies that they say, I want to marry the guy because he has impregnated me. When a man impregnates a woman, it's not equal to marry. Marriage, there are two different things. Yes, you are carrying his baby. You can deliver his baby and still marry someone else that will love you. Because pregnancy does not even guarantee love. So I just want to say that, that a woman is pregnant. He has made a mistake. He has made a mistake. The mistake has produced a result. She's pregnant. Stop at that. Take responsibility for the child. But he does not have to marry the woman. If he's a Christian. If he's not a Christian, I have no answer for him. He can continue marrying them. <laughs> he shall be right. Amen. So that's what you should tell him. He's uh, not going to make it right by marrying her. He should make it right by accepting the child. Go back to your wife, confess what you have done to your wife, and say that you will take responsibility. I know the mother of the baby wants to take the baby. He can be sending money and be visiting. It's your child. But he doesn't have to marry her to make things right. So, amen. Hallelujah. If I tell him that, does he really want to make things or he really likes her? <laughs> I'm suspecting the second one. The girl must be a fine girl. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, we bless your name. We give you all the glory. Blessed be your name. <laughs> 